Hey, and welcome to Let Mummy Talk. It's been a minute. It's been a very long minute. What was supposed to be a three-month break to focus on other things turned into a 10-month hiatus. Absolute madness. But you know what? Nothing is by accident, and I firmly believe that. Without that time away, I would not have been able to refocus, strategize, and effectively tune into my mental state, which really did need tuning into around that time. So during my almost one year absence, so much has happened, some good, some meh, but you know what? It's all taught me lessons. I got a new job, now working as a professional VO artist. VO stands for voiceover, for those who don't know. Um, professional VO artist and writer, doing the continuity on comedy channel Dave. And um, the first female continuity announcer, might I add, which is actually quite cool so yay go me in addition to that i drifted from some people completely disconnected from others and found new friendships in unexpected places i partied i attended festivals i prayed more i taught my kids to pray hit the gym more consistently kind of kind of lying a little bit there but you know it sounded good um but i did make more time for what truly matters and of course i continued eating way too much bread You know, some things will just never change. All in all though, I guess what I'm trying to say is listen to your body. If it's screaming that you need to slow down, then slow down, baby, before your body and your health forces you to slow down. Ooh, that's a word. So, for season two of Let Mummy Talk, we are even more focused on levelling up and continuing to push ourselves to do better and get closer to those goals, whatever they may be. If you're new here, welcome. My name's Lanique. I'm a mother of two amazing, gorgeous, annoying kids. I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Yes, wow, time has passed. So this podcast here, this little baby we call Let Mummy Talk, it's all about parenthood, lifestyle, love and relationships, as well as culture and health, both physical and mental. So Let Mummy Talk will help you better navigate life and parenthood and remind you that happiness and self-love is paramount. Each episode, we dissect a new topic and break it down, sometimes with a professional in that field. Sometimes not. Sometimes you just got me. You just have to tune in and find out. Let mommy talk. So today we are talking sex, relationships and connecting with your body and your inner sex goddess or sex god. Okay, so I made that last part up. But you know what? There is some truth in that. Because I do believe that we do have this inner like sex god. Yeah, crazy as it sounds, I think we do. But anyway, moving on. Part of the reason for this subject is because I recognise I've never really felt comfortable talking about sex in an open forum because I always wonder what my mum would think. But I'm a big woman now, okay? I've been a big woman for a minute, but (laughs) I'm a big woman now and it's kind of ridiculous that I can't confidently speak my truth in this area. So as Tracy Chapman says... If not now, when? If you're new here, we love Tracy Chapman. You may hear a few references here and there. Okay, so let me take you back a little bit to explain, I guess, why I've come to be the way I am today. There was an incident that happened when I was a teenager where my mum read my diary. Yes, you heard correct. 
my mum read my diary. Now, it's one of those diaries with those little locks on the front, right? Those little foolish locks that aren't really locks. They're just like little pieces of metal that are pretty looking and have some feeble, weak ass key that anyone can get into with even a pen, never mind the key. But more feeble and pathetic than the diary lock was me as a teenager because I thought it was okay to write down every one of my deepest, dirtiest, naughtiest secrets in that diary and no one would read it. How dumb was I? And how wrong was I? Because mum read it. All of my not so innocent behaviors with boys and in detail too, mumsy read it and it all blew up. I really, I really detested her for a while, to be honest. I got beats, the trust was broken. It was a very peak time of my life. But more importantly, to this day, I don't think my mum and I have ever had a conversation about sex. But luckily, we are still very close. So there you have it. Emotional trauma was born. <laughs> Today, we're breaking that curse. We are stepping out of our comfort zone because nothing good happens in comfort zones. And we are talking the things, them. Okay, we're just going to do it because one life to live, you know? So... That being said, I sat down for a conversation with Cheryl Blue, who is a sex and wellness content creator and on her journey to becoming a psychosexual therapist. Oh my gosh, I love it. Her mission, quite simple, is to encourage women to have, enjoy and maintain the best holistic sex relationships. So here is our conversation, jumping straight in with how Cheryl and I met. Let mummy talk. Cheryl and I met many, many moons ago when I worked uh, at Bang Radio with Cheryl. We were both presenting on this community station based in Harlesden, Northwest London. And you know, you just see someone and you just take to their energy, their vibe. That was Cheryl for me. Oh, bless you, baby. It's true, babe. It's true. But you guys, no, I think from the moment I clapped my eyes on you and obviously Sifa, mm-hmm. crazy girl radio. Listen, I ain't forgot that strap line. <laughs> in fact, I forgot all the hurry. You guys were, you, you talk about energy. You guys, your energy was off the chain. That's so kind. I miss those days, to be honest. It's funny, isn't it? You blink and then you've kind of matured by 10 plus years. Yes. And those days seem like distant memories. Ain't it mad how quick it's gone? It's crazy. But we stayed in touch, kind of, relatively on socials. And I still see you doing your thing. I see you doing your yeah. thing. I'll try it. You know, I'll try it again. <laughs> but I wanted to get you on because, um, Cheryl, I've not, it's not going to notice all of your content about sex. Now, okay, I'm going to make a quick confession for you, Cheryl. I have this thing where I feel like discussions, conversations of any kind around sex are a little bit awkward because I know my mum can hear. And that's pathetic because I'm a, like, 30-plus woman, you know, 30-plus-year-old woman. And I should be able to just own my sexuality and say what I want. But there's still a cringy thing within me that I'm like, oh, my mum, what's she going to think? But I'm doing it today. We're doing it. Okay. (laughs) We're doing it. So hi, mum. You know, it's funny because me and my mum, we have a crazy relationship. In fact, most of my stuff, I run by my mum first. Imagine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you joking? And I'm like, mum, is that a little bit much? She's like, oh, babes, it's not enough. Well, no, she doesn't do it. (laughs) I'd be lying if she did. But what she does do is like, if... She thinks it might be, because sometimes I'm quite, um, I can be quite a bit too blatant. Okay. I don't know if that I means- Do you mean in yeah. general? Do you mean in general or do you mean in relation to the sex content? In in relation to, in general, but I think when it comes to sex, I think because the angle that I'm trying to take it from is not to kind of come across too crass, it's more factual, it's more kind of educational. So I kind of don't want to, where I talk to sort of like 
yourself or a mate or whatever it's a different yeah. kind of thing but at the same time I want that kind of friendly voice but with a bit more kind of um just to make it so it doesn't feel cringe just mm-hmm. to make it so that if you are listening with your mum she's not going to look at you like oh is that what you like chat about she's going to look at you and say okay you know maybe we can have a discussion about mm-hmm. this just what I mean so I'm very mindful of uh, how some of the stuff comes across. So I asked my mum a lot of the time. I mean, I asked my mates as well. But yeah. I asked my mum and, you know, is that, and she's like, yeah, it's okay. Or maybe you can maybe word it like this or add that in or maybe just explain that point a bit better. So it's always nice to have that extra sort mm. of the input. Do you know what? I think that's so beautiful. And I think it's really rare. And I think it's especially rare in a lot of black communities where there's still this like stigma around talking about sex. And especially if you're talking about some of the things you touch on in sex, which we'll get onto shortly because you go in. Before we get into the show, I want to find out, I knew from back in the day, you had your poems. You had some kind of sexual, sexy- Erotica. Erotica, that's the title I'm trying to say. And that was under the kind of name of Tinted Blue. Do you still write? I absolutely still write. In fact, writing is a large part of my bread and butter. So what we do, as you said, yeah, I've been writing forever and a day. Like for me, I'm a lover of words. And I think I discovered writing kind of sexually. Um, it was more of a kind of way of understanding myself, actually, growing up and just like the thoughts, the feels, the situations, the, you know what I mean? Like navigating through kind of life. So but then that kind of turned into a thing where I then write from other people's perspectives. And then, I mean, as I said, I'm a lover of words. So it, it came really, really naturally. So now I still write a lot, but what I do is I write and record audio porn. So I get commissioned to write like stories. Um, it could be anything from three ways to anal the first time. I could be writing about a man having gay sex for the first time because, and this is the thing, I think a lot of people think that a lot of what you write has to relate to yourself. A lot of the stuff I write has nothing to do with me. So where do you get your inspiration from? Everything and everyone. Everything, anything, Lily, honest to God. I'll have a conversation with someone, they'll tell me, oh, I don't know. I bought a sex toy, my man didn't like it. I'll go and write a story about it. Uh, yeah, so literally, my inspiration comes from everywhere. I will just, honestly, and that's another thing. My mum always says to me, how are you writing all these? I just, it just comes. It just comes. Wait, hold on. So your mum listens to your audio? Yeah. You know, your mum, high five, she's sick. She's she's a proper G. I love it. My dad would be a different story, but my mum. <laughs> what, what, what does that thing? Uh, yeah, we don't even go there. No? But he knows what you do, and how does he feel about it? Um, well, he's happy with the kind of, uh, because obviously I'm studying like the whole psychology, training to be a psychosexual therapist. So that's fine because, you know, that's a kind of science, like psychology is a science. So that's fine. But when it comes to sort of sex and imagining his daughter in situations, even though you can say until the cows come home that this isn't real, it's just not not competing at all. Let's talk about transitioning from the audio to what you're doing now. What's the reason you wanted to get into this kind of work? So you said the psychotherapy of it. I'm a lover of the mind and the way the mind works. And sex is something that's always been a massive area of interest. And I feel like the two, well, they do work together. When you consider what we do sexually, what we like sexually, how we behave sexually, intimately, how we engage in relationships, how we navigate through relationships, sort of, drawn back to the start. So how we grow, what we're exposed to, everything. So from a psychological perspective, it's just understanding you as a person, 
you can fully understand who you are sexually as well. I want to say something a little bit controversial, Cheryl. Now, this is based off an old friend, I won't name her, from many moons ago, and she didn't enjoy sex. Now, do you believe that for some people, sex is just not something they enjoy? Or do you think there's a reason, like maybe they haven't had it with the right person, maybe the technique's wrong, or do you just accept that it's not for everyone? Yeah, well... It depends. I think, again, and this kind of links into my interest and why I want to sort of do the whole psychotherapy thing, because I think there's always a reason why anybody doesn't like anything. There's all, I think sex is a natural human instinct. It's instinctive within us. So there are people that are asexual that do not have any sexual drive, do not have any sexual feel. But for the most part, I think, it, well, is your friend, did she find, has she ever found sex exciting or is it just something no. She, she used to do it to please the guy, but she didn't like it. Okay, so there it is. She's probably, it depends. If she's just engaging in sex with the idea that she's got a satisfier guy, which most women do, then she's, she's probably not enjoying it because she's not getting any pleasure out of it. Sex should be, if you're not having sex to procreate, you're having sex to have pleasure, to be satisfied, to have fun, to feel good. So if you're not getting that, then of course it's going to end up feeling like a chore. And if every guy that you're with you're just pleasing him and you're coming out feeling high and dry, you're going home and you're wanking because you couldn't get off or he didn't get you off, then of course you're going to get to the point where you're thinking, well, you know, F this, I'm not, it's not something that I want to be involved in. But if she's always felt that she doesn't like sex, even before actually engaging with a dude, then maybe that's just her makeup. Maybe that's just how she is. But it sounds like if she was introduced to real pleasure, now I'm a massive advocate for women's pleasure. Oh, I've seen, I've seen your content, babe. And I love it. I'm here for it. Listen, I always say, do not go into a sexual situation and come out high and dry. He ain't done until you're done. And in mm -hmm. fact- Preach. Right? Because <laughs> let's be real. For the most part, men, you stimulate their penis long enough, they're gonna ejaculate. They're gonna orgasm, even though- And then they're done. In. but essentially they're going to ejaculate they're going to orgasm for women most men think it's a case of just getting in thrusting bam 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 no only i would say no more than 18 percent of women can actually orgasm through penetration alone maximum 18 percent most women have to have their clitoris stimulated like the clitoris it listen the word clitoris is greek for key that ain't no mistake. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, 100%. So if you are not playing with the keys or you're not turning the keys or you're not using the keys correctly, it's not happening. It's a non-starter. It's a non-starter. The clitoris is queen. I'm learning as I go along, by the way. Like, part, I must say, part of the reason I get these kind of like, <laughs> these, this content and I have guests on like yourself, it's for me, it's selfishly for me to learn and all the other mums as well. But it's important though. It's important yeah. because I feel like we're always learning. We always mm. learn, and I think when it comes to sex as well, as women, the only way we can learn and understand ourselves is through talking to each other. And like you said, sometimes it's not always so easy to kind of have those kind of conversations with the people around us. Yeah. Especially as black women, it was still very taboo. Although it's changing a bit, but it's still, yeah, you do. We've got, we've got a long way to go still, I think. We have, and we're so sexual. Like black women are very sexual and sensual and just, we ooze kind of sexuality. It's such a shame that we can't openly- Express, express it. Yeah, and express yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true. Mm. It's very, very true. And I feel like 
going back to what you said a minute ago about not necessarily knowing some of the things, but kind of always learning. I watched a documentary on Netflix a few a few months ago. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about sex and women's arousal and stuff. Mm-hmm. I learned so much. Learned your principles or something like that? Yes. Yes, that one. It was absolutely brilliant. But what it really taught me was that my school didn't teach me nothing. Because how am I at big 30 plus years old, you know, um, still learning new things that I should have learned in high school. It was quite mind-blowing. It is. And this is another thing that... I'm always talking about sex education in school is literally just to teach you how to make babies. That is it. There is no emphasis on female pleasure. It's just all about exciting the man, getting him aroused so he can ejaculate in order to shoot the sperm up the vagina, hits the egg, bam, you're pregnant. There is nothing else. And I think on one hand, you can kind of understand because there's so many aspects of sex. How do you cover everything in school? But there does need to be a kind of, review over what is being taught because it is important that women from a young age understand that number one they they are in control of their bodies number one they have the right to pleasure and how to actually get that pleasure you can't fault men for thinking all they've got to do is stick it in and and move it about if that's what they've been taught yeah there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen a lot of unlearning because it's all of the education's been around men hasn't it absolutely we have to unlearn it yeah. And I think we're getting there. We are getting there because, you know, we're taught literally, you just lie on your back and take the willy. That's essentially what it is. And, and you know, the pleasure is all on him because if he's not excited enough, he's not going to ejaculate. So all the emphasis on pleasure is only on him because apparently all we got to do is open our legs. It's, it's just, no, nah, no. Nah. But what I think, and I think there's a freedom to it, I am so in awe of so many amazing women, including yourself, who are sharing content, who are openly walking in their truth and just... Yeah, brazenly saying what they want, what turns them on, what they're not going to stand for. And in my heart, I'm like, go girl, go girl. I, I personally, part, like I said, partly because of my mum and the way she raised me, I'm a little bit like, oh, I could never be so vocal about it because if she sees it, she'll be... I know she'd be embarrassed. That's what it comes down to. Oh, you're coming to shame me. People saw... Oh. That's how she'd talk, right? If I was to sit there and be so vocal. But I really cheerlead from the side for certain women who are just saying what they want. There, there was a power to it. There is definitely a power. And I think for me, I kind of steer away from talking about my own personal experiences. Yeah, it's more about just a general kind of overview. I don't, I mean, I could get into what I do, but who really wants to know about that? I mean, heck, there's women out there that don't realise you've got three holes down there. Some women think it's just two, you know, and that's because you're not looking at your body. I tell you the one piece of information or advice one of my aunts gave me when I was younger, get a mirror and look down there. You need to know what's going on down there. It's so important, yeah, but it's it's a really valid point. Many women don't. I I I rarely do. The last time I looked down there was when I gave birth to my second child and I was scared. I kid you not, I have not looked down there since. Because I was just, I was a little bit like, that's not how it used to look. Yeah, because obviously you just given birth, so it looks different. And it scared the heebie jeebies out of me. I was like, nah, this is not it. I will go back and have a look soon because obviously that was like five years ago. But there is an importance to that. You should look the same way, you know, you're told to inspect your body, your breast, whatever, every part of your body. That that whole thing down there between your legs, that's power, number one. You need to understand what she's looking like, you know, and also from a health perspective as well, you know, just to know how things are kind of looking. But more importantly, just knowing where things are placed. Like some women don't know where their clit is. Some women don't even realise what that can actually do for you. And then where the hole is that you pee from versus the hole that you are penetrated, you know, 
you know so yeah i think it's important to to, to know what's going on just lie down skin it out and have a look <laughs> you're so blunt i absolutely love it okay i want to ask you with regards to frequency of sex let's talk about relationships let's talk about heterosexual relationships firstly now do you know stats wise how frequently the average couple has sex because i know i'm not hitting anything near the frequency that most people do but what what is the average I don't know what the actual average is. I think it varies from country to country. But what ah. I would say is, yeah, because some countries they seem to average higher. I think in the UK, you know what, I'd be lying if I said I knew it off the top of my head. But what I do know is that it's what works for you. It sounds so corny, but it really is about what works for you and your man. So if you're having sex once a week and you're both good with that, it's fine. If you're knocking boots four, five, six times a week and that's what you both want, who? No, no, Cheryl, sorry, let me pause you. Who's doing that four, five, six? Who would, let me see, who with children is doing it four, five, six times a week? Where are you finding the time? Honestly. I mean, you could have a few quickies in there, you know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it hasn't gotten me some long all night thing. It hasn't. And this is another thing, duration, like how long are we doing it for? I think, I know the average time for penetrative sex is no more than five minutes. Like it's five, is it five or six minutes? The average time for a guy to come, basically, male ejaculation during penetrative sex is two minutes. There we go. There we go. So, so, okay, so it takes him two, it can take him two minutes, but he'll probably long it out for maybe three or four minutes because he wants to, you know, give, think in his head that he's giving you pleasure. So I think the average, like, whole session is about six minutes, no more than six minutes on average. Just one, because another fact straight after that said that most couples say five to seven minutes is good for them and that's roughly how long they go for. But what I find interesting is I think there's a massive disparity between the reality of that and what we see on telly. Because I'm not going to lie, I thought that was poor. And like Missy Elliott's song, you know, break me up. Show me. You just feel like... I don't want no one in there. You just feel like anything less than, I don't know, 20 minutes is poor. But it's not. It's normal. It's not poor. I think what people kind of move away from is the fact that foreplay, especially for women, that can be anything from like five minutes to an hour. Like you don't have to go straight in. And I think... As women, again, because we take a lot longer to kind of build up and we need more stimulation, the foreplay is crucial. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier, most women don't come through penetrative sex anyway. So you're going to have to be stimulating and playing and filling and licking and tweaking and pulling and doing all of that before you even go in. Do you know what I mean? So the, the one minute man and the whole, you know what I mean, that whole idea that, you know, men should go for hours and ends is ridiculous. Because, I mean, let's be real. Do you really want to lie there and be pounded for an hour anyway? Listen, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> this, the soreness down there, like afterwards, no thank you, I'd rather not. I, I'll, take, I'll take a five minute guy. <laughs> you will dry up as well. That's the thing. Yeah. Pain and friction. Who want, wants that? Role play, shower. Well, let's talk about role play and the importance of role play in sex basically again it depends on the couple because some people are quite and i use this term really loosely because it's not the best term some people are quite vanilla in their sex you know they just do what they gotta do little play with breast play with willie play with fanny go in both come turn around go sleep other people want the whole bells the wax the this the bdsm the whips the check you know so it does depend on on who you are who you can are. i can i just can i just pause you what is bdsm please don't pause you I, I told you i don't know much about this stuff okay i'm innocent that's how i've got two yes, children of course, <laughs> <laughs> bdsm what does that stand for Cheryl? break it down for us 
Okay, so the definition of BDSM is bondage, discipline or domination, sadism or submission for the S, and masochism. But do you know what? That sounds like a bit of me. To I think it probably is. I think it probably is. So masochism is someone that like likes to administer a bit of pain. So you might be, not even so much, well, yeah, pain kind of comes under the umbrella, but more like, so if you like to tie him up, if you like to whip him, if you like to slap him a bit, yeah, that's masochism. If you're a sadist, then it's the opposite. You like to be slapped and chained and choked and all of that. So role-playing, I think it can be important, you know, when it comes to keeping sex alive and keeping it exciting. Okay, so moving on from role-play, I want to ask you now about fantasies. So statistics show, Cheryl, that women and men obviously have fantasies, yeah, which is completely normal. We all do it and it's healthy to do. But men are apparently more likely to fantasize about cheating and about having someone else there, where women are more likely to fantasize about being dominated and even having forced sex. Firstly, I guess my question to you is how true do you think this is? And then secondly... If guys are fantasizing or anyone is fantasizing about someone else in place of their actual partner, do you think that's healthy? And is that normal? Yeah, I think it's normal. I think it's normal. And I, and I think this is the thing with sex. And again, this is another massive area when it comes to like the psychology behind sex. What we kind of do sexually does not have a kind of wavering on our partner. So you, you could be with your guy. And I think a lot of women do it as well. A lot of women think about other men when they're with their guy, but that doesn't mean that they want to be with another man or they want to be with that guy. It's just, sex is such a, a kind of, there's so much ins and outs and it's hard to kind of unpick the whys and the wherefores. So is it normal? I think, yeah, it's normal. I don't know if guys think about other women more than women think about other guys. I think it's more the other way. I don't know. I think women are more likely to think because men are very visual. So if a man has a has a woman there and she's got it all out, he's focusing on the visual. So he's seeing that woman's boobs, that woman's front, that woman there and then. Whereas a woman, we kind of win more the feel. And imagination. Yeah. You're right. And imagination. Yeah. So we would lie back, and if you're being penetrated, you could be thinking of anybody because it's you're being penetrated. You're not physically seeing it unless you're in front of a mirror looking. But do you know what I mean? So I think women from that perspective are more inclined to think about somebody else if they if if that's their way. Not every woman's gonna do that, but do you know what yeah. I mean? And what do you think are the benefits of fantasizing? It keeps things alive, doesn't it? I think if you're doing the same thing over and over the same way, it's gonna get boring. And that's with everything. And I'm not saying people need to be out here thinking about the dude from the gym or flipping your man's mate or nothing like that. But if you're- Wild. <laughs> Can you imagine? Could you imagine? That would spice up. Um, you know what I mean? Just a little. But uh, yeah, I think, I think fantasies are healthy. But I think when it comes to indulging in your fantasies and making them a reality, I think you have to really tread carefully. Here's a little story for you. I have a friend, right? I won't mention any names either. Her man wanted a threesome for his birthday. It was a big, I think it was like turning 30 or something like that. Anyway, so she was like, I remember she was like, oh, I don't even know if I want to do this, you know, Cheryl. I was like, you know what? But you, listen, think about it. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, do what you feel. She decided to do it. They paid for essentially a, a sex worker, right? And they went to a hotel. Yeah. And yeah, so they had this three-way. And afterwards she said she felt, like a bag of shit like she felt oh. really yeah she felt really kind of 
she felt that she didn't really know her man. She felt that he paid her too much attention. She felt that she was forced, not forced, but she felt she was doing things that she wasn't entirely comfortable with. And there was a lot of stuff going on um, emotionally afterwards. And that took a long time for her to kind of get over. I mean, they stayed together and it was a one-off. I mean, I don't know what he was doing otherwise, but that was a one-off, that was for him. But it really effed with her. So something that can be so, you know, you're doing it for your guy. I just think keep the fantasy as a fantasy because it can really mess you up. It it can. And I think, listen to that story. It resonates with me simply because that's how I would be. I I know myself very well. And I also know that, like, if it was a situation with three people, I'm going to get jealous if he's giving more attention to the other person. It's it's just not going to be for me. And it could mash things up. Cheryl, you obviously do a lot of content. I know on TikTok and on Instagram, other socials. What is the strangest, I guess, misconception you may have come across in your comment section about sex or sexual or bodies, anything? Uh, I think the most popular videos that I've done on TikTok have to be about squirting. Um, I did one quite recently about men squirting because men can actually squirt too. Okay. (laughs) I saw the video. I saw a video of Batman squares. And I was like, okay. All right. Okay. You teach me a lot, girl. You teach me I mean, to be fair, it's predominantly urine. In fact, it's it is urine for men. But um, it's the way it kind of leaves the penis. It's in in a sexual context, so it's it's essentially squirting. That the comments on that video have just been wild. I mean, like guys, especially just. How do I do this? Can I have a tutorial? Can I, you know, um, oh, I've been doing this forever. And why am I exposing the thing? Just, just, I mean, that doesn't sound that wild, but it's the amount of people that are saying the same things is wild to me because I'm just thinking, well, this is just sex ed, like calm down. But the tutorial uh, comment, what, what, what did he expect you to do in that? There's been a few people. Oh, we need a tutorial. I guess like show a man squirting, but you know. Okay. Right, so we know many, many things can affect sex drive, okay? And I will be the first to say, my sister and I discuss this all the time, Cheryl. When I was younger, I would refer to myself as very sexual. And as I've got older, I'm obviously not old, but as I've got older, my sex drive has gone... And I know many factors can affect it, like having children, hormones, tiredness, stress, your environment. But what do you think can be done? I'm coming to you now as my therapist. What can be done to help people who have declining sex drive, I guess? Well, all of those factors are definitely valid. They all play a massive part in someone's sex drive because sex drive or libido, whatever you're calling it, is essentially someone's desire to have sex. So if you've got factors that are just impacting your daily life, such as children, you know, they might not be going to bed at a certain time or they might have, uh, I don't know, things that you have to do for them and they just eat out your time. That can be a big sort of desire killer for want of a better expression. Um, emotionally, you know, it depends how you're getting on with your guy. Um, Physically, if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not fit, you know, if you're not sort of in in your best sort of state, if you like, you know, you might be feeling a bit sluggish, you might not be eating very well. All of these different factors come into play, work, how work's impacting you. All of these things can really, really affect your sex drive. Okay, so for men, like testosterone is a massive factor. So in their 20s, men, their sex drive is usually through the roof because they've got the most testosterone popping off. Testosterone is a, okay, hormones are a factor, but it's not the only thing. As I said, you've got all the other kind of life factors that play a part. But from a hormone perspective, you know, testosterone, men in their 20s, firing. When they get to about 34, 35, the testosterone levels start to decrease. Um, 
obviously only very, very small amounts bit by bit. So with that, there may be a decline in the sex drive, but for women, it's actually quite different. So when women get to their thirties, our sex drive goes through the roof. Everybody's different. And again, it depends on how you're living and what's happening in your life. Apart from changing the external factors, well, if you can, because sometimes they're out of your control, aren't they? But what else do you think could be done to try and help with that? First of all, identify what you think are the main things that are impacting your sex drive. So is it that you don't really have time for yourself? Because self-love and self-care is huge. Like even down to things like masturbation. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but that is something that's, that's quite taboo as well, actually. But um, for a lot of people, you know, something like masturbation allows you time to explore your own body, know what it is that you like, what you know how you like it and it, it gives you sort of time to be present I, I think when it comes to sex and to be able to have good sex you need to be mindful you need to be very very present yeah so I guess for you if it would just be finding time to be mindful to give yourself time to kind of just appreciate like your whole body who you are how you feel you might have lost touch with the feelings that you like what you had or how you felt before the kids so it's kind of trying to get back and just giving yourself time and just I think it's time setting the scene, like candles, just nice in a situation, just maybe, you know, a weekend away. I don't know, just to be able to reconnect. Obviously, you realistically, you can't be away every weekend if you've got kids, but you can give yourself like maybe once a quarter, you can say, okay, that's something to look forward to. So even building up to that day, you're going to start feeling like, you know what? Okay, I got this, like, this, this thing. What, what? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Do you know what's funny? As you're talking, like, when you first started responding to this question, I was thinking, I get it. I hear you, Cheryl, but I don't know what my triggers are. I don't know what it is that's making me feel this way. But as you carried yeah. on talking, it really hit me, actually. And a huge part of it is the mindset thing. Because the being present in the moment thing, yeah. I struggle with it. Because I've always yeah. got this racing to-do list in my head, right. which might be, I think it's a sign of anxiety. And I never had it until I became a mum. Because there's just always something to do, right, as you will know. Always on. Yeah. So when it came to the point you said about maybe going away, going to a hotel, I mean, who can afford that every weekend, like you said, but anniversaries, birthdays, whatever it is. One of the last times I remember having the best sex with my husband was in a hotel. And that's because there was no worry of the kids hearing. It was just, it just I just felt free. I was more relaxed. We went to a sauna and then I was like, okay. It just, it makes a huge difference. It makes a massive difference, Lynique. And I think sex starts in the mind. That goes about saying you can have the best. I find the best sex is when you've built up. So if you're like talking to someone, like you might be speaking to your man throughout the day, messaging, whatever. And it's kind of like you're building up the tension because in your mind, your mind is getting turned on. So it's the same thing. If you're feeling like you're not, you don't have that same kind of drive or desire, then it's about switching it on in the mind and doing the things that you know are gonna you know, turn you on. Like you said, you can't afford every 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 month, but maybe just send the kids off to your sisters or your mums or whatever, just once in a blue moon. Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? Just to reconnect, just to allow, and even try some tantric sex. Come again? That's really kind of tapping into your guys. So it's very intimate, so it's connecting with each other. So it might just be a, you're looking into each other's eyes. You might laugh, you might find it fun, but it's just, it's allowing the connection and it's really forcing you to be mindful and to be present. I think the main thing with tantric sex is mindfulness. And that's why you can have the most powerful orgasms that way. 
Do you know what? When you speak of that, I straight away think about distractions. I think about phones, gadgets, and how, like, when I even picture us going to bed, I'm always like, if I'm not editing or doing something on my laptop, I'm on the phone scrolling Instagram. He's on his phone looking at tech news. We're never actually away from those distractions. So we need to try this. But even just down to that, you've just said it yourself. Put the phone down. Like, 10, 15 minutes before you want to sleep, put the phone down and just spoon each other. Yeah, and it's nice and just let him hold you. And when he's holding you, just like breathe together. Like, you know, like just breathe. Yeah. And it and it just allows you to reconnect with him. And you might not have sex, but you've got that emotional connection, that intimacy and that. Yeah. These tips you're giving me, sick. And it's silly because they're not like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. But it's sometimes you just need reminders in life. You do need reminders because... You get caught up in the busyness of everything and you forget you the basics. Do. Yeah, I think that is the case for most women. Again, I know a lot of women feel funny talking about masturbation, but when you think about it, it's your own body. There is nothing wrong with masturbating, right? You're touching your body. You're not hurting anybody. In fact, you're finding yourself a pleasure. I think the benefits of masturbation is so crucial. And I think any woman that is feeling a little bit bewildered or a little bit kind of out of sync with herself sexually or out of sync with her man, masturbation is a good kind of entry point just to because then you can show him and say you know what because that's the thing we expect men to know like you expect your guy to just how's he gonna know i know for a lot of women you're right it's just like they don't express what they actually want and what feels good do you have any i guess i'd say advice and i'm thinking of someone very close to me right now who hasn't had sex for a long time with her partner long-term partner simply because well, a number of reasons, but a big part of it is she's lost confidence and it's since becoming a mother. And obviously this podcast is listened to by women and a lot of mothers. And I think this this topic is something that will resonate with a lot of them. And it's that whole thing of losing confidence, whether it's body image, you know, boobs not the same, your belly's not the same. You, you might have hemorrhoids, who knows what it is. But for that reason, you no longer feel comfortable in your skin. You may have put on weight. It's just any of those little things that make you not feel comfortable. So therefore don't necessarily want to have sex it's not motivating you do you have any advice for women that are going through or experiencing those kind of feelings or thoughts yeah um it's very real I think a lot of women do feel with or without kids I think a lot of women do get to a point whether that's an age thing or just again we live in a world that's very very social media you know you're seeing a lot of fake images um everybody seems to be body beautiful even though as we know a lot of them are doctored images but and I think what it is, is that for a lot of women, they, they see these images and porn, again, puts out this kind of idea of how women should be, how they should look, how they should behave. You know, you've got designer pussies, designer boobs. So if you are a woman that's, yeah, as you said, you've had a kid, boobs might be a bit saggy, fanny might not be symmetrical. Do you know what I mean? All of these different factors is going to kind of play on your confidence. What I would say is just... I mean, it's easy to say, but just keep in mind the fact that a lot of what we see is not real. And also, men are visual. And if it's men that you're worried about, just understanding that men don't actually care about stretch marks. They don't care if one lip is slightly bigger than the other. They don't care if one boob is slightly bigger than the other or they, or they hang a little bit or they're not. You know, okay, you will get some men that are stupid, but most men don't really care. The same way we don't really care if he's not got 10 inches. Do you know what I mean? It's what you're doing with it, how you make each other feel. So yeah, I think it's just about just being kind to yourself and just appreciating if it's, a, if it's because you've had a child, your body has given life. 
my those stretch marks are tribal marks do you know what i mean these are war wounds you've got to embrace them warrior woman and just know that when you step into that bedroom that man is lucky that you're there like your yoni is so sacred like if you're letting a man in listen you could be the biggest girl you could have the flabbiest belly you can have the saggiest breasts if you're letting a man in he is still privileged no matter how you're looking and you have to know that to yourself and believe that in yourself. And it all starts with loving yourself, however you look. Stand in the mirror and look at yourself. Yeah, there was that um, campaign or something a few years ago about standing naked in the mirror, just looking at yourself. And it sounds like a really easy thing to do. And I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with my body. Yeah. Just, you know, Bella's getting a bit out of control. But apart from that, I'm all right. And there you go. But I can stand in front of the mirror and I, I completely do that. But I know a lot of women cannot do that. They can't. They don't like what they see and they feel so uncomfortable to the point it makes them not do it. So it's actually real. It's like, yeah. It is real. And I think that should be the first thing for any woman that's feeling a little bit uh, body um, not confident. Just stand in front of the mirror, look at yourself and just appreciate yourself. Like, you know, even if it means like, I don't mean touch yourself sexually, but just kind of touch yourself to be kind of present in yourself like these are your legs these are your arms these are your breasts this is your face you know what i mean just know yourself and just appreciate your body I, I, yeah I'm, I'm a massive advocate for body confidence as well because i just think there's so many things that kind of take women away from loving themselves the two big ones for me are porn and social media like they create this unrealistic expectation of what women should be looking like and how they should be performing as well just going back to your friend if your friend is struggling with that yeah, she just needs to really kind of just know to herself that, you know, and I keep saying it's easier said than done because I think it's easy for people to say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And you, it's something that you'll have to work at. Even if that's a meditation thing, I mean, I don't know if she's into meditation, but even if it's something that you kind of meditate on or just sit quietly with yourself and just appreciate yourself. Um, I'm going to wind up, Nisha. I want to yeah. ask you one last question. And that is, I know you're working on your studies and you have a greater plan and you're going to bring so much more knowledge and experience to a world of women, which I cannot wait to see more of. But um, if you could have, I guess, one wish or any bit of advice for women who are listening to this podcast sexually, what would that wish or advice be? To have the best sex ever i love it if you're engaging in sex for fun make it make sense like love the best feel communicate is a massive thing for me being able to communicate but again that comes with confidence so feeling confident in yourself knowing what you're worth expressing to the man that you're with like i like it like this i like it like that coming out of any sexual situation feeling satisfied and if it's an orgasm that you want because let's be real not every sexual encounter is all about the orgasm sometimes it's about the intimacy but if it's the orgasm that you want make sure that's what you get amen cheryl you're very motivated you really are even when you're talking i'm like cheryl for president this way of giving a real rousing and infusing speech i love it girl you haven't changed oh. I miss you, girl. Miss you, I really do. Thank you so much, Cheryl Blue. Thank you. Can you shout out your socials and where people can read or hear your material or see your content? Okay, so everything at Cheryl's World, S-H-E-R-R-Y-L-S World. Um, that's Instagram, TikTok. I don't really do Facebook, but it's there as well. And Twitter, Cheryl's World.com is obviously my website and that's got all the information. So any links and stuff like that. 
um, we'll all be there. Perfect. Thank you so much. What a queen. If you made it this far, you're a G. What an incredible conversation with an incredible woman. Miss Cheryl Blue, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on Let Mummy Talk. And thank you so much for your greatness, your honesty, your openness, the fact you are unafraid to talk the things and you are championing and advocating, if you like, for women to close that orgasm gap, for women to own their sexuality, own their bodies and just not be afraid to say what they want and what they don't want because for far too long it's been skewed in favour of the man. And those days, well, they're over. Positive vibes only, mommy. So I've kind of summarised the key takeaways from my chat with Cheryl Blue, and they're a little something like this. Number one. Don't forget the foreplay. Most women do not come from penetrative sex alone. Number two. For good sex, be mindful, be present, and get back in touch with the feelings you like. Number three. Stand in the mirror naked, like butt naked, and love on yourself. Love on yourself. This can improve self-confidence and self-love. So look at your body. Take it all in. The stretch marks, the bumps, the lumps, the curves, the scars, everything. Your body's amazing. It's been through a lot. It's done a lot. It's produced life, okay? And your body's beautiful. Own it. And please, don't keep doubting it. Number four. Fantasies are good and healthy. They keep things alive, but when it comes to indulging in them, tread carefully. Another one. The orgasm gap is just as real as the gender pay gap and the ethnicity pay gap. So make sure whoever you're with tries to close this gap. And a parting word from me, don't read your kids' diaries ever. It will only erode and damage the trust that they have in you. And maybe even leave an emotional scar. Instead, talk to them in an open, honest and age-appropriate way. It makes much more sense. Okay, so all that's left to be said is thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and share the podcast where possible. My name's Lanique. This is Let Mummy Talk, a bi-weekly podcast for you. You can catch me on Instagram at Let Mummy Talk and I'll catch you again soon. For now though, take care, be great and have amazing sex, baby. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to share it. Remember, life is short. Enjoy it. Hope you have a lovely day.